Season 3, Episode 33. There we have all threes. Yes. And it's our midweek bonus feed where we've got just some extra stupidity. Plus, we've got our, uh, you know, geniuses. We've got seven more geniuses that get the Genius Award. And, of course, we've got all the latest current events from the past week. I like to give the stupid spin, you know, throw some punchlines in, you know, to kind of give a little wrap-up of all the things that's been going on in the stupid world around me. Yes, and, of course, it's the holiday season, which just means that the stupidity gets ramped up even more because people are already more stupid around the holidays. So, hey, with all this stupidity, I'm swimming in stupidity. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. Welcome to my stupid world. I'm Eric Lane, and I am very much insane. It's the holiday season, and it's getting more insaner all the time. Yes, indeed. And uh, you're just going to be seeing so much more stupidity during the holiday season. I don't know what it is. You know, you got the holidays that bring out the stupid, and then you got the pandemic that's just made people stupid already. So it's double stupid stuff, you know? But trust me, I know you probably have done something stupid or will do something stupid. So by listening to this podcast, I'm sure we're going to help to uh, change your attitude because there's always somebody stupider than you, okay? So I hope that you will subscribe. Hit the little subscribe button on your podcast player and get your stupid fix every week. This is uh, the first of two episodes or two feeds that I put out every week. Um, If you're listening for the very first time, this is kind of the bonus feed. Uh, that has got my genius awards for the stupendous stupidity in our insane weekend review, which will come up later on, kind of giving you the uh, latest uh, current events with a little stupid spin on it. Of course, there's also the weekend feed with uh, insane uh, my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, with some stupidity from Florida and beyond, and we always have fun with our insane game show. Whatever we give you, though, it's always five-star stupidity, so give us a five-star rating. And if you feel really stupid, give me a stupid review. I just might actually read read it on an upcoming episode. You can also actually go to uh, podcast.insaneericlane.com and leave a recorded message. I'd like to play a recorded message sometime, which would be kind of cool. You know, if you've got a really stupid story, I may just feature it on an upcoming uh, podcast episode. Okay. And there's, of course, the Insane Stupid, Insane Eric Lane Stupid World Telegram channel. Telegram is a great messaging app. Very secure. Um, and uh, we have a channel on there, uh, which we will throw some of the links on some of these uh, stupid stories that we talk about with pictures and videos. And trust me, some of these stories, you want to see the pictures, indeed. But imagine, though, this, if you're the plumber that's working at the church for Joel Olstein. Yes, this actually happened, which kind of makes you think maybe following this guy is a little stupid. Okay, there's a plumber who is working at Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church. He finds envelopes full of cash and checks that was actually um, behind a loose toilet of all places. Yeah, a loose toilet that uh, he was working on doing repairs at uh, the celebrity televangelist Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church in Texas. Now, this is according to a church representative. The uh, plumber detailed the bizarre discovery that he made at the Houston Mega Church on the morning show of uh, the radio station, a, a country radio station there in the city called 100.3 The Bull. He said there was a loose toilet in the wall, so we removed the tile. According to what the caller said, now, NBC affiliate KPRC of Houston also reported this story. The caller said, we went to go and remove the toilet. I moved some insulation away, and about 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. And I was like, oh, wow. The plumber then contacted the maintenance supervisor and turned the envelopes in. That's not clear how much money was in the envelopes or how they got behind the toilet in the wall in the first place. But Pastor Olstein is trying his best to... 
put a positive spin on the story. He's got this all-new TV holiday special. This holiday season, join Joel Osteen and his wife Victoria for the most enriching of holiday television specials. Joel, guess what? The plumbers found money hidden in the walls. What? Oh, Lord! Uh, I mean, uh, thank you, Lord! It's Joel Osteen's Miracle of Christmas. It has got to be a miracle, right? How else does 600 grand just suddenly appear? Uh, but... They haven't counted it all yet. Oh, Lord. When stacks and stacks of cold, hard cash appear out of nowhere, it's just like the three wise men showing up at the manger. Please don't look in the walls of the manger. Critics say Miracle of Christmas is a heartwarming, taxivating, feel-good holiday special that has Joel Osteen's fingerprints all over it. Not possible. I wore rubber gloves. Oh, Lord. Joel Osteen's Miracle of Christmas. We should use that money to feed the poor. Now that would be a miracle. Makes you kind of wonder. Maybe the Lord had put them there miraculously. It's a miracle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, th th this, I wouldn't call it a miracle. I might call it a lot of other things. Where a 41-year-old Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada man is facing charges after police say he exposed himself and then urinated on unpaid items at a grocery store. Now, Come on, that's not very Canadian. C Canadians are polite. They don't do that kind of stuff. Americans do this kind of stuff. But the Winnipeg Police Service said the, a man went into the store in the 1000 block of Gateway Road around 1 or 4.30 in the afternoon, and the officer said that he hid unpaid items, then exposed himself and peed on the items before leaving the store. According to police, he then boarded a bus and threatened to assault the driver because of his driving. Really? This really happened in Canada? Polite, kind Canada? The police said that the bus was stopped at a Main Street and Market Avenue intersection. The driver and passengers were able to leave the bus safely, and the police were contacted. Transit supervisors were on the scene, and the police said the man would not exit the bus. His name is Christopher Lawrence Tomiak. Tom uh, Tom Christopher Lawrence Tomiak. He was finally arrested and charged with uttering threats, two counts of mischief under $5,000, theft under $5,000, and committing indecent acts. So, I, yeah. And then I think they should just charge him for not acting very Canadian. <laughs> so, well, this is the kind of stuff I would expect to see in this country. A California Highway Patrol sergeant was doing his job patrolling a stretch of the 101 freeway in West San Fernando Valley. He noticed a pre-dawn traffic slowdown. This, the traffic at pre-dawn starts to crawl. Now, this is a little unusual. V video posted on the CHP West Valley Facebook page shows the head-shaking reason behind this traffic jam in Sherman Oaks. Somebody was driving a go-kart on the freeway. The agency posted on the Facebook uh, feed SMH, which is shake my head, where do we begin with how incredibly dangerous, stupid, and illegal this was by a group of young, self-described YouTubers looking for fresh content? The video was taken about 2 in the morning, shows a go-kart buzzing along a city street before, before the driver makes a quick right turn onto a freeway entrance ramp. Now, the CHP sergeant saw the go-kart exit the freeway at Woodman Avenue, surrounded at the front and back by cars that appeared to be escorting the cart. Okay, the sergeant pulled the cart and two cars over on Woodman Avenue where the individuals admitted they were doing the stunt for video content, <clears throat> according to what the CHP said. The driver was cited for being a minor and driving outside of license provisions. The cart driver was cited for unlawful operation and impending, um, impeding traffic, according to the CHP. They said absolutely zero social media content is worth putting your life or others in danger. Yeah, really. Honestly, now we're looking to be stupid till we can post it on YouTube to show everybody how stupid you are. And then they get likes for it. I'm not sure which is worse. The people that are doing the stupidity are the ones that are liking it. If you want to like anything stupid, like this podcast and subscribe to it. 
and share it. That's what you need to do. And this is something I had to put in here because it, I'm, I'm not sure if it's stupid or just the fact that it's just more of the gobbledygook that we're getting in this um, COVID stew of information. You know, okay, we get we needed one shot. Now we need two shots. Now we need three shots. Were we fully vaccinated or not fully vaccinated? Do we have to wear masks? Do we don't wear masks? Do we wear masks indoors, outdoors, to the bathroom, to bed? I don't know. Who's in, who is unvaccinated and half vaccinated and all there's just so much crap out there you know you never know what to know and but now now this this comes out here okay this is a, a new uk study people that suffer from allergic conditions have a lower risk for developing covid19 now I, i'm i'm talking about this because this is me folks i i should probably there should be like a subscription to advil cold and sinus that i could subscribe to I'm telling you, I've taken every cold medication on the planet. I mean, I have a complete stock of Advil. I've got a complete stock of the um, 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 Chlorotabs that the, you know for allergies. You can get at Walmart. I've got a complete stock of the saline mist spray. You can squirt up your nose. Kleenexes, whatever it takes. Okay, I, I I'm a walking upper respiratory laboratory. And the funny thing is, I haven't gotten COVID yet. I, I'm not. I mean, me knock on the wood there, you know. Okay, uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to be pretentious to say that I'm never going to get it. But there has been studies about this. Nobody's really talking about it. But the research from Queen Mary University of London, published in the journal of called Thorax, uh, analyzing data from more than sixteen thousand adults between May first of twenty twenty and February fifth of twenty twenty one. The authors asked the participants to provide information about their age, household circumstances, job, lifestyle, weight, height, long-standing medical conditions, medication use, vaccination status, and diet and supplement intake upon the enrollment of the study in an online questionnaire. Now, monthly follow-up questionnaires captured incident COVID-19 and the researchers used logistic regression models to estimate the associations between potential risk factors and the odds of developing developing COVID-19. 15,227 people with the majority women, nearly 95% who identified their ethnic origin as white, filled out at least one follow-up questionnaire. 14,348 people completed the final questionnaire. The average age of the participants was 59. Okay, that's getting in my age bracket. In total, 446 cases of coronavirus were recorded, nearly 3% of the participants. 32 people were admitted to the hospital. Those with atopic diseases like eczema and those with hay fever or rhinitis had a 23% lower risk of contracting the disease, including people that suffered from asthma. There was a 38% lower risk of infection, even after accounting for the use of steroid inhalers. The weird thing about this is, I've had a son, my wife, my mother-in-law. I won't say they have contracted COVID. I will just say they were tested positive. Every time I have gone, and they live in my house, every time I go to get tested, it's negative. I've never lost my sense of smell. Of course, I lose my sense of smell, frankly, having a sinus infection. You know, I have those all the time. I get headaches with sinus infections. I've run fever with sinus infections. I've had this for years, years, people. I mean, we're talking 10, 15 years ago. I remember back when I was living in Northwest Pennsylvania, I had to go to the ER because of a chronic sinus infection. It was, I, had, I, had, I had to have antibiotics and all kinds of stuff. And yet I've lived in the house with three people who have tested positive for COVID and I have never tested positive. And I am like, I, I'm, I'm like, literally, I, I would be a, a ear, nose and throat uh, doctor's um best night and best uh, uh, success because I, I would be his patient. I could be his guinea pig. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I just find it fascinating. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say anymore, but um, I'm just going to leave it as it is. I suffer allergies. That's all I got to say. And look at here, 40%, 40% have a lower percent of COVID infection that our allergy suffers. I'm just going to leave it right there. You can call it stupid. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I'm just. 
Oh, well, let me just tell you this, though, folks. I mean, I, it's not fun. I, I don't relish the fact that I have to ever, you know, and, and I got post-nasal drip and I've got all this stuff, you know, and sometimes I go to work sounding like James Earl Jones on the radio because of uh, laryngitis. Anyway, but I am getting up to the age that, um, well, I would probably definitely fit into this category, too. So somebody asked some young people to name old people trends they'd like to get rid of. Unfortunately, I have to admit, I fell into some of these. These are some of the boomers. These are some of the things that the boomers do that young people hate. I would be a boomer. Okay. C claiming the customer is always right. I, I, I've said it. My wife has even said it to my son who's working at a retail store and he just rolls his eyes up. Employees should be allowed to stand up for themselves if someone is being unreasonable. And trust me, I've heard some pretty fascinating stories from unreasonable customers that my son has told me about. And some of them are really worth writing stories about. I should probably use some of them on my podcast. Another uh, particular thing that boomers do that young people hate, the whole workhorse mentality at most jobs. Now, going above and beyond is great, but should not be expected all the time, especially at low-paying jobs. I would probably agree with that because I have learned in all my years, I've been in broadcasting for 42 plus years, and I've learned anything that I do over and above my job description becomes part of my job description. Another one is acting like it's fine to be bad at technology. <laughs> now, this would be probably my wife, although she's done pretty good at learning some of the new technology. She's figured out what button to push to take the picture on the smartphone. I mean, just because you're older doesn't mean you can't learn the basics. One person said their dad refuses to use computers but still makes them buy things on Amazon and Google stuff for and, and make them Google stuff for him to look up. I don't want to Google anything. You can look it up for me. Well, okay, that's a little bit extreme. But I know that I do have a coworker who, um, let's just say, she old, she's older than I am. And she still can't figure out how to send an email because she puts the email address and the subject line and the subject and the email address line and can't complain. And she complains because her email doesn't work. That is a true story. That is a true story. Yeah, and even I had to roll my eyes up on that one. Here's another thing that boomers do that young people hate. Popping in for a visit. Now, this is me. I would just pop in. My uncle, my great uncle Clyde would do this. If he was within 100 miles of somebody that he knew, he would make a detour on his trip and go pop in and see somebody. Young people nowadays always call first or, well, probably most likely text first. No, they, they would never pop in for a visit. Fr frankly, that I don't understand. You young whippersnappers, you should try that sometime. That's good Southern hospitality. <laughs> Another thing that boomers do that young people hate, calling instead of texting, unless it's an emergency. This is so true. I mean, it's like you're forcing them to talk. You know, the young people hate random phone calls because they feel like they have to answer. Are you kidding me? Half of them don't answer. It goes to voicemail. You know, but they, 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 and they don't have to respond to text right away. And trust me, I have another son that takes two weeks to, to respond to a text. Another thing that boomers do that young people hate, making people feel bad for not owning a house yet. Oh, yeah. Now, I've not quite done that, but I can, see, I can see where this is going. I mean, it is way harder than it used to be. I mean, a lot of parents and grandparents don't even seem to get that. My, my parents, the, first house, the, the house that they bought, a brick house, back in 1961, it was like $26,000. That's not even half a year's mortgage. I, crazy. And then finally, all the participation trophy jokes. Young people hate that when boomers talk about that. Yeah, 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 sure, I know, young people got them. But look, it was their parents and grandparents that handed them out. So who's really to blame here? <laughs> you know? I mean, that is a point. That is a point. I think really the young people's parents should be the one to get the, the, the whole blame for handing out participation trophies in, instead of the, the young people. I, I would side with them on that for sure. But here's a secret weapon I never thought of when it comes to preventing holiday weight gain. We're in that time of the year. It's the eating season. Starts with Thanksgiving. It'll end with New Year's Day. Okay. 
Eat, eat, eat. You know, look, folks, the carbs don't count. The gluten don't count. Just eat all you want to, okay? But no. Now, there really is a secret weapon to prevent holiday weight gain, and it is not exercise. It is not eating smart. It is not Photoshop. You know what it is? Prunes. Yeah, worried plums. Prunes. There's a new study from the researchers at the University of Liverpool found that eating prunes helps some dieters control their appetite, consume fewer calories, even lose slightly more weight than people not eating prunes. They, they give groups of people different foods to snack on in between meals. And those who were given prunes were more likely to feel less hungry throughout the day and then eat fewer calories during their next meal, probably because they feel nauseous. They also tracked how much weight the dieters lost over a 12-week period, and those who were eating prunes lost slightly more weight, about a pound more than the people who were out snacking on something else. Now, they may not seem like a lot over 12 weeks, but the prune eaters did report that it felt easier to lose the weight than those in the other groups. Just check it out here. Want to control your weight this holiday season? Get prunes. Take it from this nutrition-minded customer. A new study shows that prunes are the key to preventing holiday weight gain. If you're like me and eat six to eight servings of prunes a day, it'll actually curb your appetite. Oh, I'll be right back. Go on without me. There are many health benefits to prunes. And there are a variety of ways to consume prunes. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm back, I'm back. Okay. Prunes for the holidays can make it so you eat less. Oh, gosh, actually, hold on one more minute. Get prunes. You'll be glad you did. Being in here makes it easy to skip dinner. And now it's unclear if they monitored the uh, digestion of those that were pigging out on prunes. I'm pretty sure they were fairly regular, if you know what I mean. Well, we'll see. Well, uh, yeah, some of you might have been paying attention on some of the news talk shows or whatever. Uh, longtime Pennsylvania U.S. Senator uh, Pat Toomey has decided not to run for another term. So Pennsylvania Republicans are scrambling to try to find somebody to run in his place. Who do we have now? Celebrity heart surgeon Dr. Oz. Yes, he has revealed he is going to run in Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate race. He made the announcement in a Washington Examiner article that made no mention, really, of the state of Pennsylvania, actually, but uh, did tout his uh, career in medicine and TV, of course. Dr. Mehmet Oz said that he was going to be running to help fix the problems and to help us heal. Hmm, okay. We not managed our, we've not managed our crises as effective as past generations, he says. During the pandemic, I learned that when you mix politics and medicine, you get politics instead of solutions. This is what the doctor writes. I'm running for the Senate to empower you to control your destiny, to reinvigorate our great nation, and to reignite and the, the divine spark that we should always be seeing in each other. Oz will be running as a Republican to replace Pat Toomey. He's retiring at the end of the session of Congress. So Dr. Oz now wants to get into politics? I think maybe he should probably get a second opinion. Maybe, he, he, I guess he wants to go from what, doctor to politician. Yeah, talk about a demotion. Washington, D.C. is unhealthy, but one candidate has the cure. Hi, I'm Dr. Oz, and I'm running for senator to represent the great state of Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz knows how legislation gets passed. Think of Washington as your digestive tract. There's all kinds of poop in there, and my candidacy is like a giant colonic enema. He's not selling green tea supplements that don't work. Dr. Oz is selling a plan to bring America back. Actually, I do have some green tea supplements still available. Check my website. Best of all, Dr. Oz was discovered by Oprah Winfrey. Talk about an endorsement. And unlike Dr. Phil, I'm an actual doctor. Pretty much. Next November, vote Dr. Oz for Senate. Paid for by selling snake oil to gullible housewives.
Some people think that there's really nothing worse than a phony baloney doctor who's always on TV seeking attention, fame, and fortune. But enough about Dr. Fauci. Yeah, the Oprah-inspired Dr. Oz has had a few controversies in his career, but, uh, you know, but that, that and uh, the strange accent probably won't stop him from campaigning. Which, by the way, you might also find interesting to note that Dr. Oz mainly gave to the campaigns of Democratic candidates before he decided to run for the Republican position. Kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, this is kind of interesting. I mean, if this woman was looking to spend Thanksgiving in the hospital, I think she might have hit the jackpot. There's a woman in Houston. She was playing a slot machine at a convenience store with another woman, and she was not winning. So what, what do you do when you're in a situation like that? You don't do what this woman does. She pours lighter fluid on the slot machine and set it on fire. Well, that'll take care of it, huh? What? Yeah, I'm not sure the mentality of that decision. Well, the other woman was furious because she was no longer able to play. So she started fighting with the woman. Well, it spilled out into the parking lot. And at that point, the mad woman then pulled out a gun and shot the woman that started the fire and then fled the scene. Wow, nothing like a full-blown cat fight there. Not really clear what the relationship between the two are, but the police said that they did know each other. Obviously, they had to. Well, the fire starter was rushed to the hospital. She's okay, by the way. The police are now looking for the other shooter. The woman who started the fire is probably going to be looking at charges as well, but they haven't really announced anything yet by the police. But yeah, nothing like a good old-fashioned cat fight at the casino, you know? Yeah, uh, well, and speaking of fire, I guess you enjoy eating a lot of the hot stuff at Chipotle, right? Well, listen to this. Maybe you're one of those people that can't stand cilantro because it tastes like soap. Right? Have you ever tried cilantro? Yeah, I can take it or leave it. Some of us have this genetic quirk that it gives an overwhelming soapy flavor. Well, now Chipotle is kind of poking fun at that. They're now selling actual cilantro soap. Really, it's a, it's a thing. They just added it on their online store, chipotlegoods.com. You can pick some up. The description says it's the, quote, perfect gift for cilantro lovers and haters. A bar of cilantro soap, eight bucks. It's got the Chipotle logo on the front of the box. It doesn't look like they put actual ground-up cilantro in there. But one of the main ingredients is coriander essential oil which is basically the same thing. Cilantro is the word we use for leaves and stems of the plant. Coriander is usually, it usually means it's made from the seeds of cilantro, but now you can now smell like fresh cilantro every time you shower. It's probably better than smelling like what usually happens if you eat too much Chipotle. And since the pandemic, the demand for disposable face or plastic face masks have soared. Obviously, you, you've seen people wear them. Back in 2020, production facilities that were mainly in China produced over 52 billion masks, some up to 450 million per day. Now, although they are single-use items, estimates now show that it could take up to 450 years for face masks to degrade. Really good for the environment there, people. Well, making matters even worse, there's been a new study that's found that these very same disposable plastic face masks may actually be spreading harmful toxins into the environment. It just doesn't make sense, people. People complain about the electric cars. How much we should go to electric cars because they're going to help protect the environment. But you got to charge the electric cars. Where are you going to charge them? At a charging station. Where are you getting the electricity from? You're not getting it from hamsters spinning around in the back of the charging station. No, you're getting it from coal power power plants. Are you think you're going to get a power plant to charge up an electric car using windmills and sun? Really? No. This is typical gobbledygook from the left-wing nuts out there. Okay, now we're finding out, everyone's making this big deal about masks, and we're finding out we're spreading harmful toxins into the environment. 
Researchers at Swansea University found significant amount of toxins such as lead, copper, and antimony coming out of several masks after exposure to water. Experts are now posing the question of whether plastic masks are safe enough for people to use every day. And moreover, considering the number of masks that do not make it to the trash bin, I would say these results are a bit alarming. So much for your Green New Deal. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. U.S. scientists have revealed that the world's first living robots, known as Xenobots can now reproduce. Oh, yeah, so forget the Terminator. Now we have the Sperminator. Details about the robots created using the heart and skin stem cells from African clawed frogs were unveiled after experiments showed that they could move and self-heal. The scientists uh, don't like the self-heal part because well, that means these robots probably won't need the COVID vaccine. That's not as robotic as human reproduction, but you still see, see the sparks fly. A new poll of about 2,000 Americans finds that 70% think that this is the most wonderful time of the year to give back via donations to their communities. And, well, the other 30% think it's the most wonderful time of the year to drink heavily and completely avoid their communities. Even when it's not the holidays, though, the poll finds the average American does, uh, what, uh, eight good deeds a month, totaling about 94 in just one year, to which every politician in Washington, D.C. said, what's a good deed? A federal judge put the brakes on a COVID-19 vaccination mandate from the Biden administration that would have required thousands of healthcare workers in 10 states to get their first jab. These workers are so happy they don't have to deal with the prick or his vaccine mandates. A Florida couple was arrested for recording an OnlyFans sex video in the back of a highway patrol car. Of course, on the bright side, now there's finally a new police movie that doesn't star Kevin Hart. The Afghan women's soccer team recently escaped Taliban control and arrived at a London-area airport. Now they can get back to doing what they do best, you know, playing the game they love in front of absolutely no fans. I don't mean to be cruel, but it really sounds so boring. And, well, here in America, if I want to fall asleep watching women's sports, I'll just tune into the WNBA. Kim Jong-un has reportedly banned citizens in North Korea from wearing leather coats to stop them from copying his look, which also explains why he doesn't give them food. The social media world continues to buzz with the announcement that Jack Dorsey stepped down as the CEO of Twitter. And let me just say, whoever replaces him will have big stories to block. Not sure, though, if the new guy is going to have a different title. Of course, if he does, might I suggest the head twit? A new report claims demand is skyrocketing for real estate in the metaverse. It's really demoralizing for the Midwest that people would rather live in virtual reality than in South Dakota. 
According to a new survey of about 2,000 Americans over the age of 21, three in five people dread going to family gatherings during the holidays, and the other two in five asked if there were a stronger word than dread. Two and two three people also say there's always that one relative who drinks too much at holiday gatherings. Yeah, you know, there really is always that wild uncle who says, forget Santa Claus, and cracks open 12 white claws. Researchers are now studying the health impacts of TikTok on teenage girls. At least that's what they told their wives when they were caught looking at TikToks of teenage girls. And a South Carolina woman has been awarded $10 million by a jury for injuries sustained after stepping on a rusty nail at Walmart. Meanwhile, most of us have to pay $15 at the bar for a rusty nail. If you didn't get that joke, congrats on not being an alcoholic. April Jones had to undergo multiple surgeries and eventually have her leg amputated as a result of an infection caused by the rusty nail. Of course, this is nuts, you know, because I thought you only suffered from injuries like this at Walmart while shopping on Black Friday. Mayor Bill de Blasio is creating a designated zone in New York City where drug users can shoot up without legal consequences, or as it used to be called, the Yankees locker room. Police arrested eight people at an Irish ceremony after a brawl broke out between two different funeral parties, or as the Irish call it, grieving. A new company also is creating meatless bacon from fermented fungi. Ironically, if this sounds, well, good to you, you're obviously not a fun guy. Nicolas Cage will pay, play Dracula in a new monster movie. He was chosen because of his long history of sucking on screen. And former President Donald Trump blasted Meghan Markle for being, quote, very disrespectful to the Queen Elizabeth II. And if anyone knows about being disrespectful to foreign leaders, it's Donald Trump. I'm not a fan of hers. I, I wasn't from day one, Trump said when asked about the American former actress during a UK TV interview. Of course, if we didn't know any better, we think he was talking about the entire cast of The View. LeBron James has tested positive for COVID-19, so now he's coughing early in the season instead of choking late in the season. The first U.S. case of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 was detected in California. Look, please be safe, Californians. Wouldn't want you doing anything unhealthy while you shoot up and poop on the sidewalk. Many are hoping that this uh, convinces more Californians to get vaccinated. And getting vaxxed should be easy, given the abundance of needles lying around. A new report claims Americans are hoarding cash during the pandemic. That's because, due to inflation, it might one day be useful as toilet paper. A Democrat pollster is warning that the Democratic Party is unpopular with the American people. Of course, on the bright side, it's quite popular with the Chinese, the Russians, and the Iranian people. President Biden downplaying the supply chain crisis that's bedeviling American consumers as he compared the looming shortage of Christmas presents to past years when fads caused popular toys to fly off the shelves. I guess he's referring to toys like, you know, Tickle Me Elmo, although these days it would be more like Vaccinate Me Elmo. Biden was quoted as saying, Now I can't promise that every person will get every gift that they want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. And uh, the president assured everyone that he would call Santa as soon as possible. A viral video shows hundreds of children in a giant brawl with each other at a Florida trampoline park. Kind of hard to believe so much violence could happen at a place where everyone is a bouncer. And a former military pilot has become the first person to fly in and out of an active volcano using a wingsuit. <laughs> Jeez, I can't imagine why nobody's ever done that before. A new Charlie Brown holiday specialist coming to Apple TV. And, you know, because this is 2021, it's called You're a Good They Them, Charlie Brown. As usual, Snoopy doesn't talk. Only this year, it's because Dr. Fauci ripped out his vocal cords. And in this new interview, Alec Baldwin says he never pulled the trigger on the gun that fired and killed a woman on the set of his movie, Rust. Instead, the gun heard a Dave Chappelle transgender joke and just got triggered on its own. 
Meghan Markle wins a legal battle against the Daily Mail tabloid. Now her next move is to give 5,000 interviews about how the press should just let her live a life in a private sector. Former Republican presidential nominee Bob Dole passed away this week at the age of 98. The death, of course, shocked the political world because most people had no idea he was still alive. People asked uh, what he died of. Dude, he was 98. Well, in truth, he died in his sleep, which is probably good news for him, but terrible news for his passengers. Dole ran for president against Bill Clinton. It was close, but no cigar. But enough about the interns. Dr. Anthony Fauci said the Biden administration is reevaluating its Omicron travel bans now that they've uh, had a chance to study the data, meaning they've implemented the ban without studying the data. Of course, I'm pretty sure Biden is using a magic eight ball at this point, which is really not to be confused with the eight ball that Hunter is using. More staffers appear to be on the verge of leaving Kamala Harris's team after four top aides quit the pa in, the, in the past few weeks. They, they want to work for a more respected woman, so they're applying with uh, Gazelle Maxwell. But things aren't looking good because Kamala is currently polling at 28%. Freaking Omicron is at 32%. Researchers at Cambridge, Massachusetts found that Omicron variant may have actually picked up part of the common cold virus, causing symptoms familiar with getting a cold. Of course, we're out here pushing vaccines for something that you can robitussin your way out of. People experience mild congestion and a general fatigue, or you might just be hungover from watching football. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murphy said that vaccinated people face a low risk at holiday gatherings, unless, of course, you eat the fruitcake, which, uh, okay, and, that's, and that's the case, all bets are off. They were concerns, there were concerns at the Omicron variant, uh, but now it turns out vaccinated people are okay. In fact, uh, they say the biggest health risk that you face is if you bring up politics at the dinner table. A blizzard warning got issued for Hawaii's Big Island Summit with a mountain range expected to get about eight inches of snow. The beaches would normally be crowded, but with these uh, temperatures, uh, there's bound to be some shrinkage. In more ways than one, Hawaii's Big Island Summit is 14,000 feet high. Of course, the only thing higher are the people who like pineapple pizza. Oregon is on the verge of enforcing a permanent indoor mask mandate as cases continue to rise. Of course, not a big deal, you know, because at this point, most people in Portland are already wearing masks in stores while they rob the place. And CNN fired Chris Cuomo for his role in helping his brother Andrew Cuomo fight sexual harassment allegations. Under CNN's new office etiquette policy, Cuomo is a goner, but Jeffrey Tubin is uh, going to stick it out for another year. The Cuomos were, you know, riding high about a year ago. Now they'd be lucky to get on Dancing with the Stars, which is kind of a shame, you know, because they were so good at Dancing with the Truth. A shark tracker shows the great whites and other sharks breeds are amassing in large numbers on the East Coast. For instance, in Virginia, they've got a lot of great white sharks, and in Carolina, they got a lot of mako sharks, and in Jersey, I think they've got a lot of lone sharks. <laughs> Of course, the problem we have with more sharks, and we've got a whole generation of kids who think that they're friendly thanks to that stupid baby shark song. Britney Spears posted pictures of herself wearing a towel on a boat in Cabo, St. Lucas, with her fiancé, Sam Afghani. Afg Sam Afgari, I should say. And i got to tell you, people push so hard to end that conservatorship. But what if we got it wrong? I mean, every time you open Insta Instagram, Britney is posting a naked picture. I mean, seriously, Brittany is getting a new tattoo and she wants to put it somewhere where everybody can see it. So she's putting it on her butt. Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Georgia reaching the college football playoffs, which uh, start off on New Year's Day. And of course, if you can't wait that long to watch college football, there's always the New York Jets. Vice President Kamala Harris being described as a bully in a new report that brands her as the common denominator behind a recent exodus of high-level staffers that are leaving. Uh, Kamala is laughing these claims off, but that's just how she responds to everything. Harris allegedly soul-destroying management style was revealed by staffers to the Washington Post just days after a spokesperson and longtime aide Simone Sanders announced her departure, to which Harris responded, What's a soul?
According to a new poll, more than 7 in 10 dog owners admit their pup gets more table scraps during the holidays than any other time of the year. They say dogs often look like their owners. I guess that's especially true during the holidays because they're both fat. 29% of people polled point the finger at their mom as the most likely culprit to feed the dog under the table during dinner. And 100% of dads are likely to blame the dog for farting after dinner. The chief executive of the New York-based online mortgage lender Better.com laid off some 900 employees during a now-viral Zoom call. Jeez, this Zoom call was uh, such a bummer that even Jeffrey Tubin couldn't get excited. He slammed the ex-workers for allegedly stealing from our customers by not being productive. Yeah, if you want to steal via not being productive, then you've got to, got to, you've got to get a government job. I mean, it sucks that these employees got fired, but look on the bright side. Uh, they all no longer have to make the daily commute from their beds to their desks. A new report claims cocaine use is common in the UK Parliament. So now instead of powdered wigs, they've got powdered noses. Miller High Life is selling a kit to help you build a dive bar out of gingerbread. And to make it even more realistic, you can cover the whole bar in frosting so that everything you touch is sticky. Alec Baldwin abruptly deleted his Twitter account following the tell-all interview about the fatal rust shooting. And, well, in the new interview, Alec will basically say the account deleted itself. <laughs> yeah. In the interview, Alec also said he didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. The same way he didn't press the delete button. And finally, former NFL quarterback Robert Griffin III is reportedly claiming he was sexually harassed while playing for the Washington football team. And then again, if he didn't want to be treated like a hooker, he shouldn't have spent so much time on his back. It's a great big stupid This genius. I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's genius award. And this week's genius awards start off by going to a female passenger who choked and took a chomp out of the neck of an Uber driver. She pled guilty to a pair of criminal charges in connection with the bloody, unprovoked attack. In a plea deal, Michelle Stilwell copped to battery and disorderly conduct misdemeanors for which she was sentenced to 18 months probation. Stilwell was originally charged with criminal information with battery and witness tampering, which is a felony. Stilwell is a licensed practical nurse. was also fined 850 bucks, directed to undergo a mental health evaluation and ordered to have no contact with the 23-year-old victim, Michael Hassey. As reported in Criminal Complaints, Stillwell attacked Hassey from behind as he drove his Toyota near Stillwell's St. Petersburg residence. While the car was still moving, Stillwell reached forward and proceeded to choke the victim from behind. Stillwell initially choked Hassey with two hands before wrapping an arm around his throat. As Hassey sought to pull the car over, Stillwell managed to crawl forward into the center console and bite the victim deeply in the neck, drawing blood. She then scratched Hassey across the chest, causing a large red in color mark with traces of blood visible. Photos taken by witnesses who stepped in to stop the attack show Stillwell choking Hassey and splayed across the Toyota's driver's seat. Arrest affidavits show that Stillwell displayed, quote, an indication of alcohol influence. This woman definitely must have been seriously confused. I mean, this is absolutely not what the company meant whenever they started Uber Eats. You know, of course... She was under the influence of alcohol. I mean, that would probably explain the munchies. And then there's this. The 40-year-old St. Sioux City, Iowa man, he's been sentenced to 54 years in prison for running over his friend and shooting at the victim's girlfriend. Jamie Powell was sentenced to two counts of attempted murder and other charges. Prosecutors say Powell ran over Richard Pollock, who was riding his motorcycle on I-29 after the two had a fight in Sioux City. Powell also was convicted of firing shots at Pollock's girlfriend. Her, he, she is a Jamie Bullholtz. She was uh, driving with a baby in her vehicle. A Pollock of Omaha, Nebraska suffered numerous injuries and walked with a cane during the sentencing hearing. I think it's safe to say that after running the guy over, their friendship ended this year. Yeah, so I guess you can say that it wasn't a good year. <laughs> Sorry for the terrible tire pun. Sorry, I, that one kind of fell flat. Okay, I'll just show myself out.
Or how about this one? A 22-year-old man from Miami was arrested on accusations that he attempted to steal two outboard boat engines from a Key Largo dock. According to Monroe County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Adam Linhart, a deputy was called to the yacht club driver uh, regarding the boat burglary. He said that the person who reported the incident said that he had surveillance video of a man trying to steal dinghy motors. According to Linhart, the video shows a man later identified as Dylan Jordan Fernandez Paz arriving at the dock in a white car. He's then seen loosening fuel lines and engine bolts on two separate dinghy engines before appearing to get scared off and leaving without taking either engine on both occasions. Leinhardt said the same white car pulled into the dinghy dock while the deputy was reviewing the video and the man who reported the incidents identified the driver as that suspect seen in the video. And now look, he may have tried to steal dinghy motors, but now he's going to have to watch out for his own dinghy while in jail. I mean, you can tell the guy's from Miami. I mean, he can't steal an engine the same way the Miami Marlins can't steal a base. And what about this? A 37-year-old Florida woman is facing charges after she allegedly left her infant alone in a crib on Thanksgiving night to go to a bar. Deputies say Victoria Hildago, uh, or Hidaglo, is that how you pronounce it? Victoria Hidaglo, Hidalgo. How do you pronounce that girl's name? Victoria Hidalgo of Port Charlotte left the bar after she fired a gun into the front door of her home on Thanksgiving evening. Now, police were called to the home after the woman said she received a call from uh, Hidalgo, who sounded as though she was under the influence of alcohol and stated she fired a gun inside the home. When the woman arrived to check on the home, she noticed the shared vehicle was not in the parking space and found a bullet in the front door. When deputies got there, they also were led inside the home where they found a child left in a crib unsupervised. During the investigation, detectives learned the shared vehicle was stopped by deputies later that night. Now, uh, Hidalgo was uh, reportedly in the front passenger seat along with a male driver. Police say that Hidalgo's eyes were bloodshot and watery, her breath smelled of alcohol, and her speech was slurred when she was questioned. The man told police he just met Hidalgo at the Paddy Wagon Irish pub. He added that he was uh, concerned Hidalgo is going to drive home in a very intoxicated state, so he offered to get her home safely. Police say that he did uh, not have any knowledge of the situation at the home. Hidalgo was taken into custody on a charge of child neglect with great bodily harm. She was taken to the Charlotte County Jail and currently out on $3,500 bond. So she fires a gun into the front door of her home. Then she took more shots in more ways than one, you might say. Hard to believe, though, that she left a baby alone while boozing at the bar. Because if she was any more irresponsible and reckless, she'd be designating or designing the next infrastructure bill. And you, you got to check this one out. The Blount County Sheriff's Office stated in a Facebook post that a FedEx driver has been identified and questioned in the mysterious appearance of hundreds of packages in a wooden area in Alabama. According to the post, the driver was identified after law enforcement talked to security personnel at FedEx to gather more information in the case, which was launched after a 300, 400 or so boxes of assorted sizes were discovered in the woods the day before Thanksgiving. The boxes were found in a ravine near Hayden, which is a small town north of Birmingham, Alabama. Photos shared by the sheriff's office show that the jumbled packages among the trees there. And Blount County Sheriff Mark Moon said the deputies responded to the area to protect the dump packages until FedEx workers could collect them. Blount County Sheriff's Office declined, though, to release any further information, citing the ongoing information or their investigation. But dumping packages in the woods, it's a terrible thing to do. Although, unlike USPS, at least these boxes were delivered somewhere. The guy obviously doesn't care about his job, so needless to say, he'll be working at his local government office by the end of the week. And of course, you'll never believe this story where a woman walks out into the tarmac at Los Angeles International Airport and tries to flag down a plane before being detained by police in this bizarre incident that was all captured on video. The unidentified woman, who airport officials said had a plane ticket, walked out of a door at Terminal 1 and onto the ramp at 6.30 p.m., said the LAX Police Lieutenant Carla Rodriguez. Airline employees who witnessed the woman exiting 
leaving the terminal, followed security protocols and maintained visual contact until the airport police arrived shortly thereafter and detained the woman, Rodriguez told City News Service in a statement. She told responding officers that she was trying to flag down the aircraft, which was still parked at the gate area, she added. Now, the woman reportedly underwent a mental health evaluation at a local hospital where she was also treated for a minor injury. It said in a tweet that the woman was experiencing a mental health crisis. Officers acted professionally, placing her in custody and later transporting her to a mental evaluation. Hashtag do better. So a crazed woman walks onto the tarmac, tries to flag down a plane. The bad news is she got arrested. The good news is she's now being recruited by Spirit Airlines. The woman must have had a lot of baggage. So I guess she's not so different from anybody else on the tarmac. Okay, and then one more here, where a Polk County, Florida woman was arrested after deputies said she lost track of her two kids that she was caring for while heavily intoxicated. Deputies were called to the Wawa on Highway 27 in Davenport, Florida, after employees there reported that a child had been abandoned at the gas station. They told the deputies that a woman identified as 27-year-old Samantha DeCastro was there trying to buy cigarettes with two kids, obviously was very drunk, one employee reported seeing a bottle of Bacardi rum tucked into DeCastro's waistband. When the clerks denied DeCastro's service, the deputy said she exited the store with a two-year-old child in her arms but left the eight-year-old there. According to her arrest report, deputies found DeCastro as she was walking home along the highway while still carrying the two-year-old. The responding deputies also noted DeCastro appeared to be clearly intoxicated. According to the arrest report, at one point she placed the toddler on the ground and began looking for him shortly afterwards, even though the child was still in the same place where she left them. While in custody, Deputy say DeCastro stated that she didn't feel that she had to care for the child left at the, the, the Wawa. Deputies determined that they had cause to charge DeCastro with two counts of negligent child abuse. She was also charged with disorderly intoxication. It was a terrible look for her, I'll tell you that. The only thing taking more of a beating than her reputation is her liver. She, she clearly made some definite terrible choices of, of course, I'm talking about choosing Bacardi. There are way better rums than that, I can tell you that. Any case, so maybe you've done something really stupid, and I'm sure possibly this podcast may have improved your attitude. So why don't you share it with somebody who might be feeling the same way? You know stupidity is addicting. So make sure you click that subscribe button to get your stupid fix and have some new episodes delivered every time they're published. And of course, don't forget to watch for my weekend uh, feed of uh, My Insane Stupid World. We've got the, uh, pa- the my, my Insane Florida Nephew with Pancho Guerro. We've got more stupid stories from Florida and beyond and our weekly round of the Insane Game Show, which you can play along, of course. And you know that these are strictly five-star stupidity stories, so make sure you give it a five-star rating if you don't mind, and write a really stupid review for the podcast, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, and, you know, be creative, be embellishing, I don't care, I may even read one of your reviews on an upcoming episode, you can also interact with me and the podcast, get real-time updates by joining the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World Telegram channel, I'll also post the links to some of the stupid stories featured in each episode, and when you join the Telegram channel, don't forget to leave a comment about what you may have heard, share some of the stories of the stupidity that you've read with your friends, just head over to t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, to see a preview of the channel. There's also a little button you can download the app to easily install the uh, Telegram Messenger app to your device, whether it's a desktop or mobile, Windows, Linux, Android, Apple, whatever. Don't forget also, you can follow me on social media. Just look up at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook and Twitter, or contact me by going to my website, insaneericlane.com. And a final thought before we polish this uh, midweek feed. Um, It's always scary, you know, when you see your reflection in the neighbor's car and think, there's a ridiculously attractive person trapped inside. I know you're probably amazed at the amount of stupidity that's in this world, but you know, somebody has to actually go out and find them and write about them. So... There's no way this podcast could be as stupid as it is without the talented writers from some great places like Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network.
Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.